Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, the idea of a biotope aquarium is pretty well discussed and well understood in the aquarium hobby. The generally accepted definition of the term in aquarium parlance is pretty straightforward. Uh, A biotope is an area of uniform environmental conditions providing a living place for a specific assemblage of plants and animals. Biotope is almost synonymous with the term habitat, which is more commonly used in English-speaking countries. The word biotope, literally translated, means an area where life lives. Okay, that's pretty good. Can't really dispute that one, huh? Now, it seems to me there's always these discussions that ensue when the winners of these biotope contests are announced or when somebody presents their biotope aquarium to others on a forum, a club meeting, etc. People feel angered, slighted, vindicated, or whatever, depending on whatever side of the debate they fall on. And they feel compelled to heap their opinions and attitudes on. We get really worked up, really pissy about this shit. I admit it, though. It's kind of fun to watch from afar, actually. It does show the level of passion and commitment to the art and science that our community has. At the end of the day, though, I think that everyone can and should put aside their interpretive differences and come to an agreement that just about any aquarium intended to replicate, on some level, a specific wild habitat, ecological niche, or area where fish or other fishes are found, is hugely important. Why? Because it calls to attention the habitats and the environments themselves. It creates a starting point for discussion, research, and debate. It raises awareness of the challenges that many habitats face with the encroachment of man's activities. It most certainly makes us appreciate the fragility of life, the genuine uh, genius of nature, and the incredible diversity and beauty of our home planet. That's really not up for argument, in my opinion. Even the most poorly executed, by hobby contest standards anyway, even the most poorly executed biotope aquarium helps the uninitiated public or even the hobby community for that matter, to become a little bit more enlightened about nature. It might just stimulate someone somewhere to ask themselves, is that what it's like in the Atabapo, for example? And maybe, just maybe, they'll open up an iPad and do a little reading on the habitat that was being discussed. Maybe they'll take a crack at creating a representation of this habitat themselves. Maybe they'll research and find and donate to an organization out there that's working to protect it. It's all good, in my opinion. Now, back to where I stand. A lot of you have asked me how I would apply a different way of thinking to the biotope-inspired approach. Now, before I get into it, let's just wrap wrap up our discussion on what I feel is the current state of biotope aquariums in the hobby. Or, as one of my uh, aquarium buddies so aptly suggested, part 750 of Scott Feldman's masterclass on how to be an aquarium hobby asshole. (laughs) But really, I have no issue with any of these standards for biotope contests and stuff. That's them. They're all logical and pretty well thought out. Where I take issue, like so many things in this hobby, is with attitudes. I mean, I've seen people call out others because one of the leaves or whatever, or the way the sand is arranged, or, or the type that's used in the such and such biotope aquarium is not endemic to the region or whatever. Okay, I get your thinking, but really, 
Even with the contest winners, you can take this attitude and nitpick to the nth degree. And to what end? I mean, what about the substrate? Is it absolutely real Negro region podzol from the Andes? Is every specimen of wood used in the, you know, in the tank from the surrounding Varsea forest? Is every freaking bacteria, fungi, paramecium, copepod, etc., the exact species that comes from the region being represented? Huh? Is it? Can these armchair critics really discern the decomposing leaves of Javier Brasiliensis, Swayatinia macrophylla, or Euterpia pectorana from catapa, guava, jackfruit, apple, oak, etc., etc., etc.? I mean, seriously. And if someone can't source the specific Amazonian leaves, and oh, newsflash, you typically can't, does that invalidate the aquarium from consideration as a biotope aquarium in these people's eyes? I mean, it gets ridiculous. Does it even matter? Come on, we've got to get real and stop mentally masturbating each other about some perfection that few could appreciate, let alone discern. To me, biotope inspired is good enough. Well, that's just me, but, and you kind of asked, and okay, I'm getting all worked up. So let's think about this from a slightly different perspective as we do here in the tent. I'd rather focus on the operational, functional aspects of a biotope aquarium, the real white space in this area of the hobby. Looking beyond the conventional approach to biotope aquariums and considering how we can replicate natural functions, how we can create an, how can we, you know, create an aquarium that's designed to replicate as realistically as possible many of the physical aspects which drive the function of a natural aquatic ecosystem. To me, that's even more exciting and potentially beneficial than simply replicating the look of the system and the aggregating of species that belong to a specific environmental niche or geographic locale, as we do in the conventional aquarium. Uh, approach to biotopes. Shit, is it just me or am I starting to really hate that fucking word biotope already? I don't know, maybe it's me. Stay with me here. Perhaps the best way to replicate these aspects of natural aquatic systems is to replicate the factors which facilitate their function. So for example, let's look at our favorite habitats, the flooded forests of Amazonia or the grasslands of the Pantanal in Brazil. To create a system that truly embraces this idea in both form and function, you'd start the system as a terrestrial habitat. In other words, rather than setting up an aquarium right from the start, you'd be setting it up what amounts to a terrarium or a potted plant, I guess. Soil, sand, terrestrial plants, grasses, leaves, seed pods, and fallen tree branches on the forest floor. You'd run the system as a terrestrial display for some extended period of time, perhaps several weeks or even months if you can handle it. And then you'd flood the terrestrial habitat, turning it into an aquatic one. Now, I'm not talking about one of our urban agapo nano-sized tanks here. I'm talking about a full-sized aquarium this time. After this inundation, it's likely that many of the plants and grasses will either go dormant or simply die, adding uh, you know, other nutrient loads to the aquarium. A microbiome of organisms which can live in the aquatic environment needs to arise to process the high level of nutrients in the aquarium. Some terrestrial organisms, perhaps you were keeping frogs, need to be removed and rehoused. That's common sense. The very process of creating and populating the system during this transitional phase from terrestrial to aquatic is a complex, fascinating, and not entirely well understood one, at least from the aquarium hobby perspective. In fact, it's essentially a virtually unknown one. We simply haven't created all that many systems which evolve from terrestrial to aquatic. Sure, we've created terrariums, paludariums, etc., but this is different. Rather than capturing a moment in time, we're talking about recreating the process of transformation from one habitat to another. Psychologically, it'd be challenging. I mean, 
Here you've been essentially running a garden for several months, enjoying it, meeting the challenges that arise, only to embark several months later on a process which essentially destroys what you've created, forcing you to start anew with an entirely different environment and contend with all of its associated challenges, the nitrogen cycle, nutrient control, fish stocking, etc., etc. Modeling the process. Personally, I find this type of approach, approach just irresistible. Not only do you get to enjoy all sorts of different aspects of nature, you get to learn some new stuff, acquire some new skills, make observations on processes that, although common in nature, were previously unrecorded in the aquarium hobby. You'll draw on all of your aquarium-related skills to manage this transformation, too. You'll deal with a different aesthetic. I mean, flooding an established planted terrestrial habitat filled with soils and plants will create a turbid, no doubt chaotic-looking aquascape, perhaps even messy, at least initially. This is absolutely analogous to what we see in nature, by the way. One key to making the, uh, this interesting from an aquatic or at least an aquascaping perspective is to recreate a hardscape or to create, excuse me, a hardscape of wood, rocks, seed pods, etc. during the terrestrial phase that will please you when it's ultimately submerged. You'll need to observe very carefully. You'll need to be tolerant of stuff like turbidity, biofilms, algae, decomposition, many of the skills we've developed as botanical style aquarists. You need to accept what you're seeing in front of you today will, you know, you need to accept that what you're seeing in front of you today won't be the same thing that you're going to see in four months or even four weeks. You'll need incredible patience along with flexibility and an even keel. We have a lot of the chops we need for this approach already. They simply need to be applied and coupled with an eagerness to try something new and to help pioneer and create the methodology and with the understanding that things may not always go exactly like we expect they should. For me, this would be likely a one-way trip, going from terrestrial to aquatic. Of course, much like we've done with our urban agapo approach, this could be a terrestrial, aquatic, terrestrial round trip if you want. That's the beauty of this. There's no real rules. You could do a complete 365-day dynamic matching the actual wet season, dry season cycles of the habitat you're modeling. Absolutely. The beauty is that even within our approach to transformational biotope-inspired functional ecosystems, that's a mouthful, isn't it? You can still take some artistic liberties and do you. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a hobby, not a PhD thesis project, right? Yeah, plenty of room for creativity, even when pushing the state of the art of the hobby. There's so many other ecosystems which can work with this approach. Floodplain lakes, streams, swamps, and mud holes. I can go on and on and on. The inspiration for progressive aquariums is only limited to the many hundreds of thousands of examples which nature herself has created all over the planet. It's out there. It's up to us as hobbyists to bring it home. What's next for you? Stay inspired. Stay excited. Stay curious. Stay patient. Stay bold. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.